Okay, podcast number one, interesting stories and people you've probably never met. This is your host, Spencer. We have Noah, the sound technician, my nephew. Hi, Noah. And we've got Eric Rant Savage joining us here. Um, I thought it was just going to be Eric. Okay, let's start again. No, 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 just keep going now. It's too late. (laughs) We have our friend Eric. I can definitely dub that out. I'm a total rookie. I'm nervous. And we're having a few beers here in the basement in uh, Encinitas, California. We've got a dog panting in the background. We just played some PUBG. My pits are sweaty because I'm old and my reflexes are slow. That's a video game for you older people and younger ones as well. Um, So the concept of this podcast is basically to talk to my interesting friends or uninteresting friends that have one or two interesting stories, as is the case here. We'll see how it turns out. (laughs) That's setting the bar high. (laughs) If nothing else, we're going to be legends in our own minds. So... um, the topic t- today, Reese's, would you stop panting? Lie down. <laughs> okay, Spencer. The topic of today are first hikes, first campouts. Noah, the sound technician, decided to pipe in. He obviously needs some coaching. Reese's is not coming through on the on the uh, vocal. Good. That's good. So we're going to talk a little bit about first hikes and first campouts and uh, first mountaineering adventures. And uh, Eric's got some really real doozies, so it might be a multi-segment dealio here. And I'll just start off my first camp out, Eric, Catskill Mountains, not too far from where you grew up in Mount New Jersey. Mount Slide, Slide Mountain. Yeah, that was too high for me. That was like okay, four thousand, four thousand feet. 4, feet. <laughs> um, so my first camp out, Hunter Mountain. Okay. I'd, I'd hiked a lot of these mountains with my dad. Was carrying a cooler full of beer, right at dark, up two thousand feet to the top with sleeping bags in one hand and just somehow when you're 16 you've got this kind of endurance to do this and we sit down we get a campfire started mosquitoes come out and just swarm us and we're like oh my god did anybody bring the bug spray and so the the mosquitoes go to bed we figured that out got dark and then the porcupines come out and kenny (laughs) morcos from columbus ohio and fan ferris uh from uh i don't know connecticut or something are up there and we ended up we couldn't sleep because it was like night of the living dead with the porcupines. We climb up on the fire tower and we brought a bunch of rocks with us and we were eating like nerds as candy, like this healthy diet. We're lining up rocks. We're half, half cocked and throwing rocks at these porcupines and poor Kenny Morcos got stuck on level two and we're on level three. We didn't realize they're after the food. They're not after us. So you bring the food with them, us and, and they're trying to come up the stairs to get the food. So that was pretty much a botched adventure. We got about 30 minutes of sleep. Hiked down. I met my mom at the bottom. Uh, don't worry about it. No, we can. We can. And how old was that? When, how old were you? I was about sixteen. Okay. We, and we went um, rafting the next day down the Esopus on those inner tubes. Okay. And we were freezing. So that's tubing. Tubing. Okay. Yeah, not rafting. Yeah, <laughs> level four rapids. <laughs> so anyhow, that was my first adventure, and I think I was turned off a little bit from camping ever since. I've just recently gotten back into it, but. Why don't we talk a little bit, Eric, about your first camp out, uh, Mount Algonquin, I think you told me. Yeah, so you're, all right, so um, I grew up on the East Coast, similar to you, and so the big mountains there, or I guess if you live in New Jersey, the closest big mountains would be the, the Catskills, or 4,000 feet, but then the other ones are the Adirondacks, right? So that's three or four hours to the north. And, um, it was, that mountain was called Algonquin Peak. So, 
So this story is a story of the cotton kids. Now you'll <laughs> anybody that's been any done any hiking or climbing, you'll know the thing about cotton. But you know, so we go back. This was no, I don't. Well, you'll figure it out. Well, okay. you'll know why they called us the cotton kids. So this is um, right out of high school. Uh, this is also the story of gear. Gear stands for Greg, Eric, Adam, and Ron. I'm Eric, so I was one of the four. And these were a few of my buddies that I went to high school with. And, you know, maybe a later story or podcast would be gear on Denali, which is what we did last year. So 30 years later, we're still doing all this stuff. But this story is about ear because there was no Greg then. It was Eric, Adam, and Ron. So so this was the three of us um, right out of high school. So I'm 19. We're 19. Um I'm me, Ron was a our football player, a D, a D lineman in high school. Um, so he was a big boy, 6'5", 250 pounds. Um, Adam was Ron's next door neighbor and they had grown up and they'd known each other since first or second grade. And Adam was a more smaller guy, thin, more like a marathon runner more of an engineer well he is an engineer so much more meticulous very smart ron was just kind of a big new jersey goofball you know sort of clown um so that's ear so we decided at some point i don't know when we kind of all fell into each other and we talked about taking doing these hikes and did you call yourself ear at the time we did that not okay <laughs> seems right like- i think it was so at some point when we were in our 20s we we came up with gear because greg joined our group and then uh you know now now we so it's very exclusive so, where do you go from gear you know if you well, it is very body, exclusive no it's, it's absolutely it's absolutely we have associate members of gear now 30 <laughs> years later that are allowed to join us on the hikes but they're not allowed to make any decisions right. <laughs> so that would be that's whatever that's another story so so we decided we're going to go climb algonquin peak which is in the adirondacks we're going to do that over our christmas break so this was in january that's up in the north of the so north of the catskills in the adirondacks um the uh, it's called the high peaks wilderness so the the tallest mountain in new york is called mount marcy that's 5200 feet algonquin peak i think was like 4900 or something like that and in order to make it more interesting i guess we decided we wanted to climb it in the winter which is, you know, whatever it was in December or January. So, Whose not- idea was this? Is this the first camp out camping adventure ever? No, was it-, it wasn't. Me and Adam, or my first thing had been, um, my parents used to take me to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So when I was 16 or 17, they took us there. And my dad let me and my brother go out one night overnight to climb this thing called Old Rag which is was short for like old raggedy it's a big been there, yeah. you've been there and that to me was so cool to be climbing around on a like a piece of rock that was kind of separated from the blue ridge and we spent one night out there camping and again we were 17 didn't know anything about what we were doing which was basically we had sleeping bags fell off of the trail in the middle of the night just camped in the trees and in the, in the woods and then summited the next day and that was me and my brother i think we were 16 and then i told my friend adam and ron at 
school one day i'm like that was just so cool you know you're kind of exposed adam got into it i think i did it with adam that same mountain old rag the next year and then it was like all right well, let's try something else so so we decided to go do this thing up in upstate new york um and again 19 years old don't really know much about what we're supposed to have as far as gear i think for me i had like two ski poles i didn't have an ice axe or anything like that we were dressed in our normal clothes so we had jeans that's cotton uh it's jersey snowwear right so you're wearing all your your normal you know we're not thinking about what we're supposed to be wearing up there at 5,000 feet in january um ron so ron just to give you a little background like he played football whatever you know, just to give you an idea of the, the kind of personality he was, there was, uh, you know, we all drove muscle cars back in the 80s, right? Shocker, Jersey muscle cars. So, so there, was a, there was a day in, um, at high school, our senior year, where this guy John Mazel drove up in his IROC and tore out in front of us in his IROC. And <laughs> Ron owned a uh, fishtail. Toyota Tercel. Oh, tiny Some little power. car so he's six five 250 pounds when he sits in this little tiny car the car leans over the side right <laughs> so like the flintstones or something so john mazel tears out of there and ron goes hey hey mazel it's not the car you drive it's the size of the arm you hang hey, out hang the on. window <laughs> <laughs> hang on one second i got a yeah. guest appearance here yeah she's coming over to say hi No, she's, got, she's got stage fright, but she was she's been panting heartily. And just uh, word of caution: shake the table. The mics will. This is really amateur gear. It will vibrate the recording a little bit. But okay, so the, the so that's great, the kind the of dude, that was the kind himself. of douchebag that this guy Sorenzo is. It so and after he told Mazel off, you know, hey dude, it's not the car you drive; it's the size of the army hanging out the window. Then he's in his Tercel and he steps on the gas and just goes dig, 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 and like kind of pulls out of the parking lot real slow, like, you know, giving everyone the finger. So, so that's him. So, so, so the three of us, we go to Algonquin Peak. It's in January. Um, the plan is to hike uh, out. Well, there's a lodge there. There's a thing called Adirondack Lodge, okay. kind of a famous lodge. We spend the night there. And then the next day we're going to go out to the t top of, Algonquin Peak, come down the other side and camp, and then the next day come back. So just a little one-night trip. So Where did you get the plans? Like, Was it just like a dart on a map or someone? Do you remember how you, how you picked Algonquin? I think, uh, you know, we all like to read a lot. We all started getting into adventure stuff. Um, I think my dad, my, I know I, my dad canoed there. So Al, um, Algonquin State Park, or not Algonquin, what is it called? Adirondack State mm -hmm. Park is one of the biggest state parks in the whole country. Got Lake George. Yeah, there's there. a whole a bunch, bunch of, of lakes. Spots. So my dad had taken me up there to do some canoeing. And then just being a young man, young whatever, there was an area called the High Peaks Wilderness. So that just, you know, interested me that you get enamored in that, right? You're like a young kid that wants to prove himself. And there's this area called the High Peaks Wilderness. And they're just saying these mountains are the highest, whatever they are most dangerous worst weather so let's hit it in winter we don't yeah. need to do it in the summer let's so it the was and a lot of it came around you know because when we had breaks right so i think this was must have been college our first year of college so we were 19 we drive up there in 
Stern's Mustang. Again, we don't really know what we're supposed to have because Old Rag is down in Virginia. That's not really a mountain that you need. It's just a hike, right? So this looks like it's just a hike on paper. Um, so we get down there, spend the night at Adirondack Lodge. It's raining. So it's the middle of January and it's raining. It's like 40 degrees, right? And we're all like, you know, this is kind of a downer. Early morning. Just the day before and then the day, next day. And, you know, this is another story of like why we ended up moving out to the West Coast eventually because you just, you had so many of these trips where you were getting rained on and we were like, it's January and it's raining. Like, this is hor horrific. Anyway, we were like, whatever, we can, we can handle this. On the other side of the mountain, there was some lean-tos, so like wooden structures yep. that we knew were there that you could sleep in if you had to. Yeah, we talked about Port Jervis and some of those canoe trips. You can uh, stand those little yeah. lean-tos. Same deal. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our plan. So Adirondack Lodge. So we wake up in the morning. We're going to go, and we have our gear. We're going to spend the night out. We're going to summit. It's, it's, it's rain, and it's 40 degrees. And so we start hiking and we have, we're wearing jeans. We're wearing a, I have, I have a ski jacket, but underneath the ski jacket, I have a cotton sweater. So um, I'm wearing a, you know, a cotton I'm hat. I'm picturing like a 1980s style New Jersey turtleneck. Yeah. Maybe some neon. Something like ribbons that. Ribbons on a jacket. So, so now Ron's got, if you remember the 80s, the weightlifters would wear those balloony, cottony pants. Oh yeah, those big balloon pants. So he's got those on. <laughs> he's flapping around we've got, like a Now we've got leather hiking boots. He's got his big balloon pants on. I'm wearing <laughs> jeans. Stern's wearing jeans. So we start going up this mountain, and it's raining and it's windy. And you know, a few hours into it, Stern's like Adam. So where it's, it's Eric, Adam, and Ron. So Adam, I keep calling him Stern. His last name Stern. Stern is like, you know, guys, this is ridiculous. Like, we're soaked already. We're soaked to the bone. Um, you know, we should probably go back. Like, this is just, it's kind of stupid. And my thinking was that, well, the higher we get, it's going to get colder. And we're going to get to a point where it's going to stop raining and it's going to turn to snow and it'll be a nice, you know, nice snowy climate. Dry off. Like that. That'll be balmy. Yeah. That'll be part of it. So as we're going higher up, Three hours in, finally Adam is like, guys, I think I'm going to go back. And we have a big argument on the side of the mountain. And at, at this point, you're still in the woods. You're still in the woods. So you're not on any sort of exposed summit. And I'm like, fuck this, dude. I'm like, we came all this way. We're going to summit this thing. And I, so I tell Ron, I go, I go, dude, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get colder as we get higher. This is going to turn to snow. And we're going to be fine. And, and so finally, that... After arguing about it, Adam's like, I'm going back. So Adam goes back down. Then it's me and Ron. And Ron's like, all right, Eric, I, I trust you. I said, well, yeah, I'm on the other side of the mountain too. There is a lean-to. Um, we should be all right. Like we can light a fire and all that. So so we keep moving on. So as we're going up higher now. How many hours in are we? Probably four or five hours in now. So driving rain, just sprinkling, consistent. Just like a pouring rain, and now we're getting out of the trees. And now, soaked. Now we're getting up above tree line. So tree line on the east coast might be 3,000 feet, right? So now we're getting up, and uh, it's now it's foggy. Can't really see much, and the rain is you know coming down. But it's now right around freezing, so it's like 30 degrees, 32 degrees. So now we're walking on ice. 
and the wind's picking up and like we can just feel everything you know kind of blowing around and uh we're starting to get a little cold but you're moving and you're 19 years old so you don't really think about it you know and you've got a heavy pack so you're still you know you're we're still Warm moving sweaty, yeah. so you know the, our other piece of gear was we had the 99 cent ponchos that you'd go into the store and Sweet. buy <laughs> north face ponchos no like the, the, the <laughs> literally the boy scout ponchos so now as we get above tree line we've got these little cheap ponchos on and ron's got this cheap poncho on and as we're going up like I can see the wind is hitting him in his poncho his and balloon pants. he's starting in his balloon pants and his poncho is acting like a parachute. So every time <laughs> he stands up, like he's kind of getting blown around in this cheap, you know, piece of shit poncho is like blowing in the wind. And, and, uh, and I'm like, dude. And at some point he like looks at me, he's like, fuck you, dude. He's like, what the, what are we doing? And I'm like, dude, now I go, now we have to keep going. Cause I go, we're, it's further to go back than it is to go over the mountain and try to get back down the others to where there's some kind of safety. So now we start to see a little bit of the fear in every, in, in each other's eyes. Right. So he's got this poncho on. Finally we do, we get to the summit, but now it's 80 mile an hour winds and it's just coming across the summit. And the summit is just that hard granite with a little thin layer of ice on it, right? Yeah. So now we're up there walking around these heavy packs. Every third step, we're, we're falling down and the wind's blowing and it just everything's going <laughs> sideways, literally. And every time he stands up, the wind catches his poncho and he just gets blown over. So he looks at me at the, at the one time, he goes, get this fucking thing off of me, Savage. And I just reach out, I grab the poncho. As soon as I touch that little fucking poncho, it just turns into shreds, flies off, flies off floats off over the ravine. Stay close to and, the we're, and we're just like, oh, there's that thing. So now... I'm sure you spent like 20, 30 minutes admiring the view up top. Right? Well, no. <laughs> And so as we're going back, so now, so now we're all on the top. Ponchos have blown off. Everything's blown off. Things are going it's sideways. Crispy we're now moisture. screaming at each other. And he's like, you fuck, you know. And I'm like, dude, we're all right. We just got to get down. I'll light a fire. He's like, you're not lighting a fire. And it's like everything is drenched. We're wearing jeans. So everything's soaking. So this is where the whole cotton kids comes in, right? Like if you've been outside, you know, you don't wear cotton because it just soaks it up. Yep. And... You know, now we're we're completely soaking wet. Come down the other side of the mountain. We're hiking into snow ravines and things like that. There's a, definitely a path, but we're falling down now into hip deep snow. And when you fall down, we're falling down through the snow crust. Um, we're in a stream, so we fall down, and you can feel the ice cold water. This is a marked you. trail, so but it's it, it's runoff. But it's just at this point, there's so much rain, there's so much moisture that this whole mountain, everything is soaking wet. We're just basically falling instead of climbing down the other side of this mountain up to our uh, hips in ice cold water and wet snow and rain. And again- oh, Eric, some, some people, just give you a quick break to mm -hmm. maybe crack, take a swig of that brew. Um, yeah. Tell the kids listening right now, like, why weren't you listening to the, inter or looking at the internet? What we didn't have the worldwide oh. interweb yeah. in 1989, right? We didn't have any there was of that no, stuff. There were no, no, like, hiking tips or, like, what no. gear to wear? You couldn't no. Google anything in, in those days. Google were, like, googly moogly no. was the closest thing you had. Yeah. There. Okay. So keep going. All right. 
So we're, so, we're two thirds of the way so down. So now we're Where coming we down. So now we're coming down the other side of the mountain. We're on the opposite side of the lodge. We're probably ten miles from the lodge, and now it's getting dark because we've been hiking all day, climbing all day. We're soaking wet. Keep falling through the snow. Um, the feet are cold. We're wearing leather boots. So there's another thing you can Google kids that you shouldn't probably wear leather boots when you're hiking in wet have, snow. Did they have Gore-Tex boots? I think back they, then? I'm sure. Oh, they, they did because they had some of the, you know, yeah, like Everest, back then, but plastic, right. Yeah. People wear plastic boots. We weren't wearing plastic boots. We had what we thought were really good hiking boots, but they were leather, right? So you're just... But every step, you're you're just post-holing in, and it's just wet water getting down into your socks, and we have cotton socks, everything. So as we're going down... Is the there other, any talk of death at this point? Like, we might no. freeze to death? Well, it was... There was some. I mean, and then and Ron started saying, you know, like, he's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, dude, we got to find one of those lean-tos, and I got to start a fire. I go, um, you know, where this isn't going to end happily. So we're just, at this point, you know, dragging ourselves down... Well, we also knew that at some point on the other side of this mountain, there was a ski ranger, like a a ranger station, a guy that was in a cabin um, that was just posted out there, right? And so we we kept going down, and now it's, I don't know what time it was, 7, 8 o'clock, it's dark, and we're just fumbling around in the darkness. It's now getting a lot colder, and the rain has stopped, so now we can see things are going to start really turning turning you know very cold and we see what looks like it's going to be a lean to and ron's like dude he's like we know there's a ranger out here he's like we have to go find him now because we're not going to survive tonight and i'm like fuck you dude i go i can light a fire and at the same time i realize i probably can't like everything is so wet and you have a hard enough time lighting a fire out there to begin with but yeah in in the and where we're at, like, we're not going to be able to do it. So we stumble around. We find one of the lean-tos. I kind of thought where I knew that this one ranger was going to be. And at that point, we had a discussion. I was like, you know what? Maybe we should go try to find the ranger. So we started moving that way. Again, maybe 9 o'clock at night, we see a light. So as we're walking out, we are walking towards that. We see it's a, this little cabin. You guys had some food and snacks along the way, provisions to... We had, which was, you know, the whole the whole thing back in those days when we were when we were nineteen is like we would bring a, a stick of beef. So you had the summer beef, right? The summer sausage <laughs> that you would eat. That we didn't know what freeze drieds were. So kids, if you're listening, if you're backpacking, people carry freeze drieds these days because they're a lot lighter. But you know, we were carrying ten pounds of summer beef stick. Did they, uh, they have us. any woven hemp uh, sweaters or dreadlocks back then, or is no. that not a thing? Okay, so so just the so, cotton, cotton kits. Okay. Uh, so so now we're stumbling through. Finally, we see this guy. It's the ranger. His name is Kevin Burns, and he's coming out there, and he's on skis with the dog, and he goes, "There they are, the cotton kids." <laughs> so. <laughs> And then we're like, what? We're like, we're like, what do you, how do you know anything about us? And he's like, yeah, your boy went back to Adirondack Lodge and he goes, we have a two way radio. Oh, wait, your friend had, had dumped Adam, you at this point. Adam, Adam, okay, right. Had he gone, actually left. Had gone back down. So it would have just been Ron and I. And Adam had, 
had gone to Adirondack Lodge and they had radioed across the mountain to this guy Kevin and told him respect these two idiots he was like he's like (laughs) he's like uh, I got my two buddies they're coming across the mountain and you know Kevin was like well what are they doing it's a it's a fucking storm and and then Adam's (laughs) like well you're gonna like this and he's like what they're all dressed in cotton (laughs) so this guy Burns was beside himself he couldn't he was like you fucking he goes look at what you're wearing (laughs) we're just sitting there he just dressed us down and you're like, two oh. New Jersey clowns. He goes, I got the cotton kids. So we walk back to the we walked back to the cabin. He dials up the, the two-way radio. He gets on the radio and we're just sitting there shivering, <laughs> shaking, and he's like, you know, he calls the lodge. He goes, Tell the, you know, tell Adam or whoever they goes, I got the two cotton kids. They just came over the mountain. He's like, they're gonna spend the night here. And that was it. <laughs> So. We spent the night with him in, in that cabin, and uh, that night it dropped down to 15 below zero. So, so it was a complete, there. you know, storm, and then uh, you know the, the the temperatures plummeted. Had we stayed outside, we we would have lived, but I don't know. We probably might have gotten some frostbite or something like that. So all night, all he this guy did was just talk to us. He's just you know, what, what he's like. What do you wear? Like what kind of socks? And I'm like, oh, I'm wearing these, you know. He's like, cotton he's like, tubes. yeah, you're wearing, you're wearing cotton tube socks, huh? <laughs> did he give you some dip? <laughs> so he just kept going more? all the cotton kids all fucking night long, and <laughs> we spent the night. And then the next morning we wake up. Did he, wait, wait, wait. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Did he bring it? Did he give you some Dinty Moore stew, or was it like the best hot, cup of hot chocolate you ever had? We, or oh he yeah, he definitely, he definitely, he was trying to teach us a lesson. We yeah. were 19, and. He probably was 40 years old at the time or whatever. And so he was going to, you know, kind of make us suffer. And then the next day we woke up and it was freezing cold, frigid and but beautiful bluebird skies. Uh, just a, an amazing day. And and so we knew we had like a five or six mile hike back around the mountain. We weren't going to go back over the top. Mm-hmm. So and then the last thing he did was like he has he has to pack out his trash and he's like, hey, cotton kids. He's like, you're going to take my trash back for me. <laughs> so he loaded us up with about eight or ten pounds of trash in each of our bags. And, you know, they teach us a lesson and we hiked back out. And, you know, that next day we got back to Adirondack Lodge. And did you learn a lesson? Yeah, we did. Well, obviously, you know, you can't wear cotton, kids. That's that's a very, you know, and cotton, you know, blue jeans do not work when they get wet. None of that stuff, um, you know, keeps you warm. None of that stuff keeps you warm. And, of course, you know, in those days, though, that's the thing. When we look back, you always wonder, you need to have those things to learn about, to learn these things, right? You could have somebody tell you cotton sucks when it gets wet. It's not going to keep you warm, but, you know, nothing teaches you that more than actually being frozen and soaking wet, you know, on a mountain. And then you realize, yeah. And then, but the other thing is cost. Like you're 19 years old. You can't, nobody at 19 can afford to go out and buy, you know, a thousand dollars worth of super technical climbing gear that's going to keep you warm. We were just wearing what we thought what we had. I mean, that was it. You know, we had gators that we made out of cotton scarves. So like (laughs) 
again Burns was just laughing at us he's like wait he's like, he's like what is that a, he's like is that a gator and I'm like yeah like, I've got a scarf wrapped around my ankle to keep the snow out of it and he's like just shaking his he's head. got ponchos <laughs> so so um so you obviously stuck with it so something about the essence of survival man against nature do you believe it's in your DNA or was it just a fun hoot to go out with your buddies you've continued to this day what's what brought you back and how long did it take you to get back after that no, I think disaster. I think the more those stories always, you know, and of course over the years we've we've increased the you know, excitement of the story. You know, wind's and, gone up twenty miles an hour. Now you know maybe the wind was sixty miles an hour. Now it's hundred and twenty miles an hour. <laughs> and when I'm sixty, the wind will be hundred and eighty miles an hour, right? So, but it's one of those things. I mean, if you talk to those guys, well, they'll say you know that was a close whatever not near death but an experience where yeah you suffered and then you could see well at least you could see death and yeah that's exciting right like you want to do that and then the I mean, with hiking or mountaineering with, with the mountaineering especially some climber told me goes the best part about mountaineering is the planning and then when it's over and you're sitting at the bar and you're bragging about it or reminiscing about it the actual climbing part of it sucks right because it's just a lot of hard suffering. work and sweating and suffering, and that's it. Those are the two things. And at the end of that trip, it was the same thing. We got out of that mountain and pulled into a McDonald's in whatever town in upstate New York. And at those in those days, it was the thing where you could buy like a Big Mac for a dollar. And Ron, you know, Ron, Big Ron, bought ten Big Macs for ten dollars, and I ate four of them, and he ate six of them. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just sitting there in a nice warm McDonald's going, wow, like this, that was our, so that what was happened our to Alan, was Alan back in the Adam, fold? Adam, Adam you, you forgave him for abandoning ship or what? Yeah, he's always been the more he kept you alive. reasonable he guy. Might, he might have saved your life. He, yeah, he'll say Perhaps. that he, re, he saved our life. In fact, when he got back to the lodge, that's the other part of the story. When he got back to the lodge, everyone, all the adults in the lodge are going, well, we're, we saw you guys go out. We saw it was raining. They're like, where are your friends? And he's like, yeah, they kept going. And they said everyone at the lodge was ready to go mount a true, you know, expedition rescue style thing. And instead, Adam was like, well, I think they, they, they'll be all right. But let me, I'll call the ranger. And that was the Kevin Burns guy. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, next episode, perhaps we might explore some adult adventures. So thanks for sharing that, Eric. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I when appreciate you it. Okay. Yeah. Any, no problem. any saving lessons, or that's the moral of the story? Is well, no. That's don't wear cotton. There is no moral of the story other than <laughs> other than wearing cotton. Don't wear cotton. But you know, then things just evolved from there. You know, like as I said, we we did we did Denali last year, and the more things change, the more things stay the same. So. Well, thank you, Eric. And uh, this is uh, we'll call this the Cotton Kids episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Sounds good. All right, guys, first episode in the books. Thanks for listening to interesting stories and people you've probably, probably never met. We do have a URL. Gosh, I really have to shorten this, but that's a problem for another day. It's been three weeks since I recorded the first episode. I need to get this puppy out. So you can visit our URL if, you're not, if you don't have access to this podcast on your smartphone at www.interestingstoriesandpeopleyouveprobablynevermet.podbean. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Dot com. And if you know me, you can always just message me and I'll give it to you. Uh, we will shorten that URL at some point in the future. I haven't figured it out yet. So thanks for listening. You can also find us on the podcast app on your iPhone. 
It's called podcast. Just download it and then run the search for the, the name of our show as well as Google Play. Thanks for listening to episode number uno. Oh, and I almost forgot. Music credit, Eric. Thanks for jamming a little bit and giving us some tracks we can use in future episodes. As well as Johanna, Aunt Johanna LeBlanc for the artwork we're going to post on our little thumbnail eventually. It might not be up initially, but you'll see it soon enough. See ya!